All right, another episode. I think we're up to like 73. I checked 74 maybe. Oh, really? The other day. Yeah, I never even like look at the number. I had to send somebody one. I'm like, oh. Hey, is this uh, noticeable? Uh, no. Can you see it? Yeah. So for the, for the ear people, Jason's a uh, Instagram model now. I'm a... Halo light. Yeah. Yeah. Check that out. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't it, it's not as effective as i would hope that i was hoping it would be but yeah because like for it to be really bright you have to be really close to it yeah but if you're really close to it you have a camera there yeah but it washes out your doubts too so yeah look, oh, uh, oh i'm turning it off right now then you need those shadows yeah. to look big bro <laughs> <laughs> Don't you dare say that to me <laughs> Yeah, out of, so, all the, out of all the awful things you've said to me, that is the worst one. <laughs> we were just training at this new gym, um, the three of us, and one of the guys was like, oh, the, um, the mirrors here aren't as anabolic as at another gym at Doherty's. And I was like, hang on. I'm like, you've got to get behind the downlight, and then it's fucking game on because you've got to get the shadows. You can't stand in front of it because then you're just a shadow and you look small. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, they'll give me shit. Trust Ben to find where the good lighting is. There are anabolic mirrors though. They 100%. do exist. Yeah. Those yeah. ones at that, um, where we stayed in Phillip Island, they were some anabolic mirrors. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. I would not want to be like a physique competitor. Yeah. Cause they just give you a false yeah. interpretation about Jack. Or even just like, imagine like a bikini chick, like trying to get lean. And you're standing and you're just like, <laughs> like fucking square. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> You have to bring in your own mirrors for posing. I might have to send the owner of that gym a, a DM and just see if I can get even just one. Yeah. Square. We'll have a side. We'll have like a, a slimming side and like a density side yeah. of, of the gym. Yeah. It's like, no, look, look, you're doing great. Your progress is really good. Come over here. Just over here though. Don't go anywhere else. Yeah. Just here. Yeah. Mark it out on the floor. Like this is where you need to stand. Yeah. All right, so STC Fit Learning Podcast. Uh, if we would, if we've already been funny, so give us a share. Um, <laughs> tag at STC Fit Learning at Ben Scott SC. Yeah, and at <laughs> Jason Glia underscore PC. So, <laughs> I'm actually like going to put out some feet, some feelers for that because I I don't know. Um, I think maybe because I just forget now that we're actually recording for the internet. I don't know how much attitude I actually have, but. Um, yeah. yeah, we what were we serious but with attitude? Um, yeah, it was, I, I, I can't remember, but it was yeah, yeah, serious, feedback. informative. That was good. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was something like that. And then yeah, the attitude bit, like I lost it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Look at us go. <laughs> yeah, I have been salty the okay. last couple of weeks though, so maybe yeah, it's, um, maybe it was just a recent one. Been angry. Yeah, you asked for an argument, you got one, and then yeah. you got salty. <laughs> yeah, I asked for an argument and then they dropped that fucking documentary. It's just been endless arguments ever since. Tell you what, man, I'm so fucking sick of like every it's everywhere at the moment. I'm just so yeah. sick of Yeah. If I see it in my story, just like hashtag game changes, I'm just like I just move on. I'm yeah. Like, that's that's like a I'm a mute you type. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like not even um like people advocating it, just like actual just discussion. Yeah. I'm just so over yeah. Like, yeah. So you didn't see? Did you see Benny's post? I did. I yeah, loved yeah. it. Everyone yeah. like holding hands and shit. Yeah. Yeah. The irony is that like it's brought everyone together instead of arguing for once. We're just going to hold hands for a moment. 
yeah. and unite against it. All, all other nutrition, uh, what we call camps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you like low carb, high carb, what no. grams of protein you recommend. It's like, it's like that was dumb. <laughs> and all of us agree that it was done so we're gonna, we're gonna uh, cuddle about it so much irony in that <laughs> good yeah. times all right so we're gonna do jason's favorite topic even even more, about more favorite than powerlifting oh uh, so if we fucking talk about powerlifting again <laughs> um, we're gonna talk about mindset and i want to try and flip it to coaches and kind of trainers if we can um we got a lot of really good questions which is good um but yeah just kind of we touched on it last week in terms of like the the process being process driven more so speaking from an athlete mindset though um so trying to just talk to people who are maybe a little bit newer just starting to track and all of that type of stuff um and how to if you haven't put that stuff on autopilot yet how to frame your thoughts towards it and begin down that road um so i I feel like in terms of personal anecdotes um because i know like you kind of decided when you were pretty young that like i just want to be jacked and strong and be a personal trainer um have you do you think you have anything mindset wise that you do that you see others don't or that they do do that seems to work um i think like the biggest uh i don't listen to words i think that one of the one of the biggest strengths i've always been able to carry over is that kind of I guess like that open or that growth mindset. I, I guess I always had a, I think I've always had a growth mindset most of the time with most things okay. and my, in particular, my own personal ability. So if I look at something, I've always been that kind of person where it's like, oh, if I wanted to change jobs, I could do it. Yeah. Cause I would just learn how to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just be good at it. Cause if I practice enough, um, I'm not going to be great at it the first time, but I'll get better at it. So I think that like I've probably been able to take that and yeah, I guess like it's rather the through along the the way, like people have been probably misinterpreted that as like a a bit of arrogance. You know what I mean? Like they think yeah. like, you know, Jason's is sure of himself, like he's got tickets rolling off his shoulder and yeah, um, you know, all those things. And it's it's never really been that way. It's just like uh, with practice, you should get better at pretty much everything. Yeah, and it's really yeah. easy to take that shot when you're not confident in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. So I think that's, that's probably been like the biggest strength. Um, And I I don't know, man, uh, obviously a lot of things come into play when about like how you think about yourself and um, you know, your abilities and you know, they're influenced on like how you got brought up, the people you hang around, um, you know, your your current situation and all those kind of things. But um, I guess like uh, I got brought up well, but I got brought up with a lot of adversity as well. Mm-hmm. And my parents were very, this is what you need to have, um, you know, when you're growing up, this, these are the things you need, um, the things you want, you have to work hard for. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we had pocket money and, you know, mum would like, 
when dad would say, you know, you can buy this, but you have to do something to get it kind of thing. So I think that like all of those things, along with like me just working it out that it's like, oh, so if I just, if I try at this, um, even though I suck at it, that I'm most likely going to get better at it. Yeah. And then, you know, whatever outcome I want to achieve, like the likelihood of that happening is high. Yeah. So it's just like dealing with adversity, um, dealing with like, you know, just, uh, just fucking hardships, man. Like no, not massive ones that have like crippled my life and, you know, you need to get the tissues out for me and stuff. But it's like, you know, I just think that if you know how to deal with things not going your way and you are a process orientated person, that you kind of just kind of roll with the punches a little bit. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that's probably going to be the theme of today is just that, like that process orientation. Um, is my kind of, um, my childhood reflects that a little bit in, but it's a little bit strange in that the turmoil that I went through was like in my teens. And if you, if you painted like what a like picture perfect kind of childhood was like, my primary school years were kind of like that. Yeah. Um, but I was still the kid that like my uncle would say, you need to work on this with your um, cricket shot. And I'd be like, okay. And then I would just tell myself, I'm going to do that a thousand times a day until I get it right. And hit a ball on the sock repetitively under a fucking pergola over and over and over again. And it's like, oh, your left foot needs to be as good as your right foot when you play football. So I just take shots at being like only child, nothing else to fucking do. Yeah. Um, just take pot shots at a, at a bin repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly until I got good at it. Um, so I, it's interesting to know whether that's a nature or nurture type of thing. I definitely have seen people and even in certain situations in my own life be able to move from a fixed mindset type mentality into a growth mindset mentality. Um, and it comes back to when we talk about being process orientated, it's the willingness, the willingness to fail. Yeah. I think is so, so important. It's like being okay with the fact that it's not going to be perfect and it's not going to go right. Particularly at the start, you're going to fuck it up a lot. Like first time you try and kick a football on your left foot, like you feel like you've never held one before. It's like, this is a totally foreign thing first time you try and speak a different language, like do a barbell squat, all of those things like become, remember, I don't know if, if you remember like the first time having to like Google like macros for chicken and shit like that. The first meal plan you ever wrote took like yeah. four hours. Just didn't have my fitness pal available. Um, and it was like, fuck, I have to do this all the time. And then all of a sudden you just know shit and you can put it together really easy. Yeah. So yeah, focusing in on a process that's targeted at an outcome with frequent breaks or frequent conscious like reviews of that process. And is it moving it towards the outcome that you want? Yeah. And I think um, a big, a big uh, learning experience for me over the years of uh, working, I guess, not just by myself, because like it's easy to blow smoke up your own ass. Mm. So when I was a one man show with my own PT business, it's like, yeah, man, like you're the tip of the sphere. Everyone asks you for all your stuff, whatever you say, no matter if it's right or wrong is the, the way it is. Um, yep. I'm not saying that 
what I said was right or wrong, but you know what I mean? Like, and it was, it's only once you start to get amongst other people, um, you know, we started working together, team grew, business grew, um, social, uh, social circles related to business um, grew <laughs> and you kind of just start to get used to the, or get, become okay with the fact that like everyone fucks up, everyone makes mistakes and almost like, I kind of feel like it should have happened a bit earlier because you're, you're almost like, almost like didn't let my, my growth could have been faster mm. and it could have been more exponentially greater if I was okay with that when I was younger. Yeah. But it's like, no, because, um, you know, maybe when I went to uni, it was like being smart is everything and being wrong is you're a piece That's of shit. Yeah. And, you know, um, you had to wear that as a heart, like you're on your sleeve and, you know, that kind of defined you when the hell now I'm like, Oh, I fucked it up. Like, yeah. You know, we laugh about it yeah. and you know, we obviously reflect and, and move on, but it's like, I don't go home that night. I cry myself to sleep and think that like, Oh, that thing I said on social media or that thing I said on the podcast that was wrong, but I addressed it. Um, you know, I like, it's going to affect me moving on. It's like I made a mistake and you know, I'm better for, from it now and I'm going to be better for it in the future. So I think like if we, if, if we can get to that space, everyone, um, and this doesn't just, ref, you know, uh, this doesn't just reflect uh, us as personal trainers or as coaches, just as people in general, kind of feel like um, that accumulation of like stress and anxiety that we have, you know, from all of these things that we, that we deal with in life, like probably could be a little bit easier to manage because yeah. we're not, you know, we don't have this overbearing thoughts about how we think and feel and, um, you know, at, at, or at any negative connotations with ourselves. It's just more about, yeah, cool. This is the problem. I've addressed it. I've made a mistake. You know, mistakes happen. We're human. Let's move on. Mm. Yeah. I think. Yeah, definitely. I concur with all of that. Um, so bringing into something maybe more tangible and specific. Um, I think the idea or the prevalence of gym anxiety seems to be on the increase. And I don't know if that's because of social media and the exposure levels that we have and websites like gym fails and shit like that, where like people will record you if you're doing something wrong, which is I one swear, of my pet fucking peeves. I hate I that. Sh- I swear. I, I don't reckon they record men. It's just half the time. They're, they're just doing they're it. Too yeah, fu- right? They're too fucked up to be yeah. recording. Like for that to be a legitimate person, like some of them like, yeah, get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've turned my head at the gym and gone, Ooh, that's yeah. I wouldn't mind getting myself uh, a copy of the CCTV um, yeah. recording of that at this time, but yeah, um, definitely would never do that. But yeah. So I th- it's either, it's either the social media influence of like that fear of doing shit wrong. Um, or it's just like, because being able to talk about anxiety and that type of stuff is way more, socially accepted now it's always been there but now just people talk about it instead of people like that just wouldn't have gone to the gym in the past just said i don't like it um so so i've been going to the gym obviously since comp with amy and she's kind of in that camp she's real worried about like doing shit wrong and people like seeing her do it wrong and being judged for it um so it's like mid-set it's like is that right you're not watching it's like it's cool you just need to do reps and you're going to do out of 12, you might do eight shit ones. Yeah. Then in the next, the next set, you'll probably do six shit ones. 
and then you'll do four shit ones and then you'll do two and then next week when we come back and you repeat it you might start with four shit ones and then do two and then do a set that's perfect Mm. um there's no point me like cueing every little thing that you get wrong when you have when you're untrained and you're still learning the movement sometimes we just need to let you kind of go through it and I think a lot of PTs early on when they have clients is like your feet have got to be in a perfect position. You've got to be braced. You've Mm. got to have a perfectly flat back. You've got to um, no hip tuck, no butt wink Mm. Um, heads in the perfect position, brace, blah, blah, blah. And there's fucking 10 cues. And this person's like, what the fuck? All I need to do is sit down on a bench. Are you kidding? Um, Where sometimes you just need to be willing to, teach that client the lesson of just do it and then we'll just work we'll on work things as we go. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. you're not going to get hurt doing a bodyweight squat. Um, yeah. And like the, the example I had in my head was like doing a seated row last week. It's like, you're going to get hurt. Like you're rounding your shoulders a little bit, maybe not like maximizing the lat contraction. Yeah. It's like it's not fucking the end of the world. If you're an elite level powerlifter and you or a bodybuilder and you're doing that, repetitively and you're not conscious of it that's a problem but while you're trying to learn a movement just allow yourself to feel stuff out and play with it and like oh that one was shit oh that's better oh i fucked that one up again like it's okay it's not yeah i think it's a really important lesson to learn about training from the start yeah and i think as a coach as well it's really a really good thing to develop like just that critical thinking of like assessing the training age of the client, their ability, and then looking at them in the movement and going, oh, this isn't going to fucking hurt them. Mm. And just going, okay, so there's positives to take out of it. It, it certainly wasn't perfect, but it's like we're trying to move them on in a progressive fashion. And sometimes, like, yes, the, the reps just aren't the best, but they're best hurt, you know? Um, so, yeah, I'll sit there and go, all right, these aren't perfect, but we're getting more hip flexion or whatever than we've ever gotten before. Yeah. And then, and then after that though, you go, okay, so these were better cause mm. we need to do next is yeah. keep going. You know? Yeah. And that's, and then when you tie that into like the process mindset that you just mentioned, it's the same thing. Like that pattern is going to repeat on this call a hundred times, but like following the process of trying to do a squat well, and reviewing it after each set and saying like these reps got better as you went along this is what you did really well next set do this like it's exactly the same thing and then as you move out of like that beginner kind of cool so now you know how to do all the movements you've got a program follow the program and follow the process for four six eight twelve weeks review it did you move towards the outcome that you wanted? Yeah, no, I think a, a massive uh, influence on how that process goes down or how those processes go down is how the coach communicates the information to the client. So if they have the under, like the idea that it's like, oh, well, you just, you've got shit genetics um, and you're not good at it. So you're not going to get any better because people think like that about themselves. Mm. So if they think about like that about themselves, then they're going to think about that when they coach other people as well. And where if you've got another coach who goes, okay, so 
every single person that I work with can get better mm. with effort. Yeah. So they might not have all the ability, but they definitely have the effort. Mm -hmm. So if we just go, right, these processes, if you put this amount of effort into these processes, then the outcome is highly likely to be achieved. Yeah. And like you even see it in these days, like there's, there's like coaches out there that just look for ability. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, if you've got, if you've got the genetics and the structure for this, come work with me. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so then when they get the result they want, like it was all you, bro. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it's all you, yeah. was it? They're, I'm, they're, I'm good at training good genetics. Yeah. Um, so then it just makes me think that like, if that person has someone who goes, right, I don't have the structure, I don't have the ability, that they're just going to go, oh, well, you've got no hope. Yeah. Because like, that's the way it works. And I didn't necessarily believe that. So like, yeah, sure. Like maybe if you wanted to be the best in the world at said sport or whatever, like I'm highly, it's highly likely that the top tier of everything is genetically influenced heavily. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, it's like, yeah, telling someone they can't do something mm. like is a major shot or a major anchor of like tied to their legs. Yeah. And just the mindset of, and I, I, I feel like you're the same with your bodybuilding clients. Um, and I will be with my girls that are competing next year. Like <clears throat> we can only deliver your best package on stage or best performance on the platform. Yeah. That's all we have control over. So yeah. who cares what other people total, who cares what numbers we need for this or that or whatever. It's like, are you getting better? Are you getting stronger? Yeah. Um, oh, and the catch there is like, the time frame becomes as you move from that beginner level of like um, where first we're learning exercises and that's difficult for people. Like we need to learn to fail and do stuff wrong. Cool. Then we need to start to work towards programming. What actually works for you? What doesn't work for you? When you're a beginner, almost anything will work with, for you. You kind of, I've been trying to like work on an analogy for this stuff. It's like when you've got a newbie, it's like, it's almost, you've got a shotgun. It's like, if you point that shotgun somewhere near the target, you're going to hit something mm -hmm. and you're going to get some kind of progress. And I think the shift, um, particularly, I think it's the same in, in any kind of pursuit, the shift from that novice level. So you've got beginner where you don't know shit. Novice is like, you have an understanding and you're doing stuff and you're reviewing. Then you go to intermediate and it's like, the shotgun doesn't work anymore. And the old methods that you used to use are starting to need to be fine tuned and evolved. Lifestyle changes have happened or strength changes have happened or whatever. We need to start to look at, okay, you can't train like that anymore and get progress because maybe you're too strong. Maybe there's other shit going on outside of the gym. That's taking up your recovery capacity. All of these types of things start to come into play. I think that's, potentially the most challenging part of it all. Um, a lot of people kind of accept when they start training that like they're not going to be good at it, but it's like when I've been used to making so much progress and all of a sudden I'm not, it's like, Oh, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I, I think that's the stage um, with everything. Jeez, there's a lot of crossovers here with lots of stuff. Like, but 
this is where it's important to understand the values of like um, embracing challenges, embracing failure, trying to learn from it, like uh, adopting like learning orientated behavior as well. So it's like, here's the skill. This is how you learn it. Um, this is fat loss. This is weight loss. This is how we do it. Um, like having an understanding of all of those things and building as a coach, building a belief system or helping this person build a belief system around that stuff, which helps reinforce all of these behaviors as well. Fuck man, this is a me go, bro. I feel like, I feel like I'm some like, you know, mindset speaking wizard right now. Tony Roberts is in the house. (laughs) But, um, these strategies, um, and this behavior and these behaviors are, uh, really, really important. And it's, not just the, like uh, how we, they cross over to just how you walk around and present yourself in day-to-day life though as well. Like if you uh, aren't sure of yourself, don't believe you've got any skills, any you know um, gifts or you can't achieve anything that you want to achieve and that's because you got exposed to people younger in life or with the education system that you grew up in. Like just think about like how that would potentially stunt the growth development of someone in terms of like their ambitions for life mm-hmm. you know like what if someone said to me when i first started it's like oh well the first three months like you wanted to quit and your business is shit now so why don't you just quit mm. you know then we don't have this conversation i don't i have helped as many people as i have helped you know what i mean yeah so like I don't know, it's just it's a hard thing to take lessons from failure um building resilience um, having a thicker skin, like, you know, dusting yourself off. It, it fucking sucks, man. Like it hurts. It really yeah. does. It's like, especially it's, when you're not used to it. It's like a sheet of paper. That's your, that's your self-esteem and you take a little tear in it, you know, just a tiny little tear. Yeah. You know? And it's like, okay, so if the sheet's not torn. I'll be okay. Mm. But it's like that. It's just a little one. And it, like, yeah, it, it does affect you, but, like the hardest thing, you know, and obviously we're definitely not, you know, skilled enough in this area to, you know, reinforce too many strategies, you know, um, but how you deal with all of that stuff is, is so valuable. And I think that, you know, in this day and age, almost like letting some people kind of struggle, maybe go through hardship, maybe not go for instant gratification or instant reward. Um, trying not to keep everybody happy all the time um, because that most likely at some point leads to long-term unfulfillment and think about what happens there. Like these are all things that um, can help develop this like concrete rock hearted mindset where you can take on, you can grab life by the balls and go, yeah, cool. If I am willing to prepare myself and sacrifice all of these things that give me this instant reward, the long-term outcome is this long-term fulfilling career. Look, I know people that are fucking want to jump out of careers and stuff. And it's just like, Oh no, nah, cause I've got to go to night school and I'll have to take like a $300 pay card and all this. Stuff. It's like, okay, so let's spend $300 on bullshit and put some fucking work in for a little bit and live the next 30, 40 years of your life fulfilled rather than slaving away, being fucking upset and shit all the time. It's like, fuck man, put things in perspective. Yeah. And it is though, it's, it's in that situation. It's like the fear of you're going to go back to that person learning to squat. Like, and you're going to fuck it up and you're going to make mistakes and it's going to be stressful and 
all of that, but it's understanding that's what's required for growth. And like, I just think some people for whatever reason aren't willing to necessarily go down that path. Um, which I, th- I think with being able to unlock that within yourself has like huge, huge impacts on your life is when you're able to have those conversations with yourself. You've got people around you that are willing to have those conversations and have hard conversations about hard shit. Um, yeah. More often you do it, the smaller that that tear in the paper is and the quicker it gets like fixed. You don't even, you get to a point where it's like, you don't even notice it anymore. Like, um, was it last week or the week before? You're like, Hey, we just need to update this module. And I was like, bro, this is shit. <laughs> it's like, I, I wrote it and I like looked at it and I was like, what the fuck have I even done here? Um, yeah. and like, I, I wasn't, I was like, fuck, how did I get that so wrong? But I wasn't like emotionally down on myself and carried it for the next three weeks. Cause I made a mistake. It was just like, Oh fuck, I need to fix that. Cause that's bad. Um, and yeah. make sure however I, whatever step I skipped doing that to make sure I don't repeat it next time. Yeah. I think uh, the one valuable thing that we have, like, is like, we can just tell each other, like, dude, this is, this needs work. Mm. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. Like, where people would be like, oh, did you tell him that? It's like, yeah, yeah, I did. I did. I told him with my words and I told him exactly what he needed to know. And yeah. he said, okay, sweet. Yeah. And it's like, the less people who blow smoke up your ass, the better. Yeah. I'm, you- I'm, and I think we both are actually really fortunate to have people around us that have those conversations um, like I know I have it in my relationships and with my friends and all that type of stuff, but just being able to have those conversations quite frequently in lots of different aspects of life. Um, it's a really fortunate thing to have. Yeah, definitely. And I think that like, and you mentioned it before, like just of like the things we, we say and talk and, and like the way we think in the self-talk stuff and like the, the idea of positive self-talk is just like not, a common thing anymore like if i sit there and i walk up to someone and go tell me three things about yourself that are that, that you really like whether yeah. you really that are really positive and they'll sit there and be like uh, uh 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 or they'll tell you one thing and then they start telling you exactly what they don't like about them yeah and i just think like every time i go into something where i need to perform relax um, like something um, like a job interview or if I had to sit down and um, deliver something and sell myself, the first thing I'm asking myself mm. is like, what am I good at? Mm-hmm. What, what do you, what do you fucking back yourself in and go, right. I'm really good at personal training. I'm really good at critical thinking. You know, and I'm really good at just fucking figuring shit out. Mm. Like I can just sit there and go, right, this is how this works. That's how that works. Okay. So this works here. Blah, blah. So, if you're the kind of person that's like, oh, I'm fucking not really, I don't really know what I'm good at. I'm not, or, or you think that like saying that you're good at something is bad. Negative, yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're bragging. It's like, no, you're not fucking bragging. Yeah. So the, like, the best thing I've ever heard on that, um, I can't remember what book it was from. It might've even been like that um, subtle art of not giving a fuck book. Yeah. Um, I didn't, there's a lot of like good little one-liners in there, but one of them was saying that you're better than everyone else 
and saying that you're worse than everyone else is just as arrogant in either direction. Yeah. So if you, if somebody walks into a room and says, I'm fucking better than everyone here, everyone in that room is going to look at them like, fuck off. <laughs> and we're so like, you can't do that. And we ourselves like don't want to be that person because culturally it's not acceptable, particularly in Australia, tall poppy syndrome, etc. But there's no different of walking in a room and saying, you're all better than me. It's like, well, what makes you so fucking special? Mm. Why? Why can't you do what that other person does? Is there mm. somebody else in the same scenario or a worse scenario than you anywhere in the world that's managing to do that? Yes. Okay. So why are you so special? Yeah. It, 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 it sounds negative, but it's so fucking powerful. Yeah, like, times when I times when I've been busy and it's like, oh fuck, I've got a business to run and the clients to look after and I'm trying to compete. It's like dickhead, there's people that work sixty hours a week and are still good powerlifters. Shut yeah. the fuck up and go to the gym. Like yeah. um or like I've got a I we talked about it on the podcast before, it's like I've got a guy who's sixty percent titanium and he trains four days a week and he's in pain ninety percent of his life. It's like yeah. Shut the fuck up. Raps don't hurt that bad. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. As much as it sounds like it's a negative type of thing, the outcome, at least for me personally, taking that attitude is super positive. Yeah, so no. if, some, if someone else can do it, fuck, why, why can't I? Yeah, I agree. And I think that the first, the first place that that starts for a lot of people who, you know, maybe do have all these negative thoughts and have this, you know, I guess quote unquote, like fixed mindset traits and in let's not say every aspect of life, because obviously we all kind of adapt and change and, you know, social settings, business settings, you know, et cetera. But if if these people are sitting here listening and going, all right, well, you know, these are things that are happening to me. It's like the first thing to do is just like, listen to what you're fucking saying about yourself. Like become present with that self-talk. It's like, you know, notice what that voice is saying. And I guess like, you know, uh, identify is it positive you know is it negative you know um and then the next thing from there it's like just challenge it mm. you know like you walk into if i walk into a room and go you know what? i'm fucking i'm the best fucking person in this room <laughs> yeah it's like okay why is yeah. there ever, is there any evidence for that is there any evidence to know like for you to tell me that you're the best person in the room it's like oh well no because because there's like big biceps because cool, i because I said so. And it's like, uh, well, so then after that, it's like, all right, so what if someone else came into the room and said that? Yeah. Like, how would you feel? You know, so if you walk in, if you go sit there and go, oh, fuck, fucking not very good at that. I'm not even going to try that because, you know, most likely will suck at it. It's like, if you walked into a room and said that to me, I'd just be like, well, you fucking idiot, bro. Like, try. Yeah. Like, let's have a go. See what yeah. happens, you know? You could be really good at it. And it's like, I don't know. Like, because I'm Maltese, I'm probably great at pouring concrete. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I'll give it a go. Like, but, but not polishing decks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that was all time. That was all time. <laughs> um, and then I guess the, the last thing would be um, once you kind of can identify that self-talk and uh, challenge what's being said, and this is to yourself, yeah? And it's like, so start to change the way you think. Yeah. That's a change the self-talk about yourself. Like, 
make a list of positive things to say about yourself. You have no idea how powerful that is. Um, and instead of saying, yo, I can't do this or whatever, it's like, what can I do to make me better at this? You know, and that is a three-step process that you can take to everything. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. The idea of writing, physically writing down things that, are good about yourself. Um, Amy does a lot of this stuff in like her mindset coaching work. It's like so powerful. Um, but we've actually done it in terms of like relationship things. Like you have to write down, I think it was one thing a day that you liked about your partner. It's yeah. like just a reminder that like, just because they didn't do a dish, do the dishes. They're not a piece of shit. Like there's still other <laughs> good things about them. Um, it just keeps like, keeps you reminded of the positives all the time. And I think it's really powerful to do that for yourself as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, It's a little bit like Steph and I do a a lot. um, And it just ends up turning into like a little bit of banter, a little bit of fun Yeah, as well. Like just once you kind of exhaust those, like, like those initial ones, like you kind of can just start, like, you know what I mean? It's just like another bonding thing that you should do as partners and then you know if you guys you know if people need to do that stuff in a professional setting or um you know a friendship setting as well like it's still a really valuable like kind of team morale boosting thing yeah um so yeah it's kind of cool it's fun yeah yeah Yeah, it's i've got mine saved on my phone i just add to it just every now and then it's just like send a text message um yeah it's like i didn't clean the dishes but this is what i think of it yeah <laughs> it's like you're mad at me here's the list again <laughs> yeah, I, know. I know that none of this stuff in the house bothers me but i really like this about you <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and i think um something you touched on there was like the professional going down that line it's really interesting um that we as personal trainers and as coaches our industry is like prone to um, ego-driven mindsets and um, not saying like that every personal trainer is like a narcissist, but like when you are the leader in lots of situations, um, when you're in that client-coach relationship, often you're going to be the leader of that conversation. Yeah. So it's very important and most PTs accept the fact that like hiring a coach is a good thing. Um, and I just think like working with someone on self-improvement in some way, shape or form, I don't care if it's like reading a book or actually physically going to work with someone, it should be the same thing. Yeah. It's like if you're, and we talk about it all the time, like your business will only grow as fast as you do. Yeah. Um, so put time and effort into that. Like mm. who, what, who and what, at least what are you going to, to make yourself a, um, more emotionally mature, more um, self-assured, more confident, more um, empathetic, whatever it is that you're lacking at the moment that could make you a better coach. Why aren't you going to do that? Um, because it's like, Ooh, like that's, it's too fluffy or whatever. It's like, yeah, cool. It's real fluffy when like all of your clients leave after 12 weeks because you can't build relationships with them. Yeah. I think it's, it's just self-serving or whatever. Yeah, and it, I think a lot of people would steer away from things just because of the effort as well. It's like, okay, so I actually have to go in and put 
extra time yeah. into this. It's like, we, yeah, that's, yeah. that's what self-improvement is. It's like, you know, you can get a very, very basic entry-level knowledge of something, and then it's like, then you need to, you know, expand your skill set, knowledge, your experience on top of that. Yeah. So it's going to go and take a bit of, a, like, a bit of extra time and effort. And yeah. being uh, self-motivated, because if we don't do what we need to do, then, or self-disciplined, we'll call it, because, you know, I do shit even when I don't want to, so motivation goes out the window then. Yeah. Um, being self-disciplined as a business owner um, has to, like, life has to go on, work has to go on. Like, we have to do these things. If we don't do them, then we don't reap the rewards of, because there's no effort. So if there's no effort, you know, you've, you've only got one person to blame. Yeah, you, yeah. And in our scenario, it's like you potentially don't eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not, not a great situation yeah. to put no. yourself in. No, and you just end up stressing yourself out, the fuck out. Yeah. And, you know, if you take the major take homes from today's message so far is, you know, clear, concise outcomes, you know, process oriented action to achieve the task. Um, and then, yeah, like adopting a mindset where you're going to fail, get, yeah. you know, get knocked down, et cetera. But if you have that ability and that positive self-talk yeah. that you can achieve what you want to achieve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before I want to jump into some anecdotes and cause we've got questions will allow us yeah, to man. kind of apply this, but before we do that, I just want to maybe some resources that you like, um, the, my favorite ones that the minds is it pos, uh, growth mindset by Carol. Someone yeah, Dwayne, Carol, Carol, will come up. Carol Dwayne. Yep. Um, I'm a really big fan of um, Jordan Peterson's 12 rules for life. Not everyone is. Um, it's quite wordy and long. So if you don't appreciate the voice, then maybe that's not for you. Um, what else? What else? What else? The, the click, the clickbaity ones like that satellite of not giving a fuck and those really popular ones. If you resonate with that voice, that's awesome. They tend to be a little bit wishwashy for me. Um, like the Tony Robbins doco that's on Netflix was like, yeah, it was okay. There was a couple of things in it that were like big bombs. Um, but maybe like that was enough to watch it for an hour and take a big bomb out of it is enough. Um, so I, I would say find a voice that works for you. Um, and just hone in on that and then find the other people that work around it. Like, um, Amy and I, Amy is into like holistic, like energy and like super hippie stuff. Um, but we have the same conversations. We just attack it in a different way. So I'm more likely to just tell you, Hey, you've been a dick. Um, and she's more likely to kind of unpack it a little bit more, <laughs> I guess, in a, in a much softer fashion. So if some people will resonate better with like the direct, some people will resonate with a little bit more nuance and softer approach. So find something that works for you. Do you have any others that you like? Um, no. No? I don't um, I don't know. I feel like because I don't, because I have you. And... I was going to say, you just listen to whatever I tell you to listen to. Yeah, it's kind of that. And I guess like, I don't have the, like, I feel like for a lot of like these people that talk about all this stuff, right. These pioneers, like they obviously have had the traits, had the behavior, had the mindset and went, Oh, this is the thing. 
I'm going to pay attention to my actions and go, why have I achieved what I have achieved? So I'm not saying I'm some fucking, you know, like hidden motivational speaker or that's like my calling after personal training. But it's like once you once you get enlightened to like I've always been under the like my my life motto, success leaves clues. Yeah. Right. So it's like, okay, so all of these uh, you know, uh, motivational speakers will call them, like Gary B, um, Jordan Peterson. Um, we'll just we'll we'll talk yeah, about them. Yeah. 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 Uh, he's still on the smirk. Um Curran, um, like every single person. And you go, right, what are the, the things that cross over from one person to the other? You know what I mean? Like what are the main takeaways from every single person? What are their characteristics, et cetera? So I've always been able to do that. So once you get exposed to this thing and that, and like I don't really need to read a book that tells me about not giving a fuck about things. Like I don't really give a fuck about what other people <laughs> think about me. Um, you know, And I had to develop that as a younger, a younger kid because I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just, it's just going to eat me up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, shit's going to eat me up. Like, if I think about something that I can't control and then when it actually happens, it's not even anywhere near what I thought it was going to be and then I wasted all this energy on that and yeah. et cetera. You know what I mean? I'm a real, take it in my stride. Boom. Like, yeah. yeah, here we go. And I think that, like, the best thing we ever did was probably go to that, uh, like, coaching course that weekend with Kylie that was for, like, more personal training and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I read the Mindset book by... Uh, Carol Dweck as well and like I just went I read the start of it and then I just picked the chapters yeah and I was like cool so I need to know about mindset and business mindset of an athlete etc like because you know your your clients some of them have an athlete mindset yes. and then it was like cool to understand like how people work at or how children work at school mm -hmm. I'm like okay so I you know if I was to be a parent one day um, yeah. of something that does speak English and doesn't bark at me um, <laughs> then like you know uh, being able to identify those things when they start to talk to you and stuff is quite important and how you talk to them and all those kind of things. So I guess like I've just been able to kind of use as little resources as I, as I can to get what I needed to get out of it. But big caveat to that is we have an accountability group, right? It's like we sit there every week and go, right, we, you know, did we get shit done? Did we not? More importantly, it's like if things aren't getting done, it's like, okay, so why aren't they getting done? And I think that that's probably the most valuable thing outside of everything. Cause like yeah, you can read the books, you can, you know, do, and this stuff makes you feel real pumped up. But at the end of the day, it's like, you set the deadline. Did you get it done? You know, and if you didn't get it done, why? You know, and that, and that is the, the biggest question, the best question you're going to ask or someone's going to ask you is like, why didn't it happen? And then you just wait. There's, and that's, <laughs> that's part of like the, the overall being like we talked about at the start, it's like being process orientated in that being process orientated uh, requires you to be self-reflective. And yes. most of these books, speakers, whatever is just a voice to allow you to self-reflect. So whatever voice that is that gets you into the point of being able to self-reflect. If it's a mentoring, mentoring session, a, um, working with a mindset coach, um, a psychologist, a friend, a partner, whatever, whatever allows you to self-reflect on your behavior and the outcomes and troubleshoot it. That's what's going to give you the best bang for buck. I actually just opened my audible to be like, Oh, here's some references. And there's probably like five books that I'm like either halfway through or a quarter of the way through. And some of them even less where I've just gone. Yeah, this isn't, the message that I'm looking for. 
Um, so it's delivered in a way that I resonate with or whatever. So I think that's a big thing too. If don't waste time on shit that doesn't actually resonate with you, just because everyone read subtle art of not giving a fuck doesn't mean you have to. Um, so just, I guess some resources, ones that I like, I didn't really like can't hurt me. The David Goggins one that much. Um, it's very like alpha, just fucking do it. Um, American Marine type attitude didn't really click with me. Um, 12 rules for life is on there. The coaching habit is good. Man search for meaning um, by Victor Frankel. He's just released a new book too that I'm going to read. Um, but that book's, it's very fucking heavy. And if you're looking for, if you heard me say earlier, like what makes you so fucking special and that resonated with you as a way to motivate yourself um, to do shit that otherwise you may not have read that um, because there is nothing that you'll ever go through that will be as bad as those situations that are in that book. Um, I can pretty confidently say, unless some real bad shit happens in the world in the next fucking 10 to 20 years. Um, Shoe Dog was great for me as well. That's a really good uh, book for anyone who is trying to build a business. Yeah. In particular, it's just like yeah. the hits and the risks yeah. and stuff that he took. Um, phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, Legacy by James Kerr. Uh, is a good one for athletes and trainers and coaches. Um, it's based. It's a business book based on the All Blacks. Compound effect is great. It really helps you build that process orientated outcome and not chasing like instant reward or gratification. Um, Sapiens is more interesting um, by Yuval Harari. If I said that right, ish. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, it's cool. It's like what you said with the like understanding why people do shit. The thing they do as a coach it's really valuable to see those patterns um and then as an individual again to self-reflect on oh that's why i do that even though it's done <laughs> so i'm going to kick off with the <clears throat> most complex one um and i'm interested to get your thoughts on this so obviously we have the ongoing banter that i eat the weirdest fucking food combinations that there is um and like i've just never really kind of thought into it or really paid much attention to it um but it came up in a in a chat this week and i was just kind of like um so in the in the nutrition programming seminar made reference to the um ravioli with barbecue sauce and i was like well at the end of the day like it was five bucks for two meals i made it in two minutes i put it tasted like my childhood when I used to have like two minute noodles with barbecue sauce on it and it hit my macros and life was good. Um, and it was just like, Oh fuck, it's even worse. Um, that you used to put barbecue sauce on noodles. And I just, I started to kind of reflect on it and I was like, I don't have a lot of emotion around the food I eat. Um, and I, I made the comment of like, I look at other people's meal prep like the food looks good, but I wouldn't be adherent to that because I just couldn't be fucked. Pressing. <laughs> so it's like, and I'm not saying that like everyone should think that way. And I'm not selling this mindset as a, as a like go and do this. But I think the concept for me 
of food just being food most of the time is what allows me to eat to my macros 99% of the year. Um, I have a few days of the year, like if it's Super Bowl day, I'm eating M&Ms and Doritos because it's kind of like part of the tradition and I associate those things together. Christmas day, I'm probably going to eat some prawns. Like if I go to motorsport with dad, I'm getting jam donuts. It's just like, it's a thing that we do based on a tradition, not necessarily an emotional connection to the food. Um, and then like, so right now, what I was kind of talking about in the, in the post as well was like right now, three meals a day, are like boring as batshit. I'm talking like white fish, rice and fucking garlic and herb tomato sauce. Um, at lunchtime and then dinner's like chicken breast, mashed potato and vegetables. But every night, Amy and I typically will watch at least one episode of a show. Um, and that's like our, it's probably poor bonding time because it's bonding time looking at a screen, but whatever, we enjoy yeah. it. Um, and it's like, I'll have low calorie waffles with low calorie ice cream and I'm willing to sacrifice some hunger earlier in the day because that's like, I mean, we value that time together at that time of the day. So I'm curious, cause I know you eat, uh, I don't want to use the word better, but a more wide variety of food. And in terms of like on the foodie scale, you're much more foodie than what I am. Yeah. But I know when you need to turn it on, it's the same kind of process for you. It's like, it's just fucking food. Yeah. I think that, um, like it, it, like it comes down to just values, man. And like, you know, it's like you don't care about like how the food's plated and what the it looks like and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And you can kind of keep things plain Jane and you're happy with that. And so be it. Um, there's probably, I won't probably come over for lunch or anything like that. Um, <laughs> that's what we're ordering out. You love my spag bowl, don't I? I do. I do. Um, <laughs> But yeah, like, uh, there's nothing wrong with like going, like some, I feel like some people would need to go through that process of like making the food and making it look palatable. And like, I get it that there's like visual, uh, there's a visual appeal to a meal, which is why, you know, businesses go to large extents to make dishes look cool, you know, cause there's, it's all part of the, um, it's all part of that food psychology process, right? Um, as a smell and all of those things, but like not everybody is stimulated that way. So some people just need to eat, you know, and um, yeah, like I can't be fucked, man. I'll make the most random meal ever <laughs> and I'll eat it. Yeah. And like, you know, it's just, sometimes it's just food for uh, nourishment. And then sometimes it's like, oh, I'm going to cook a nice meal. Um, yeah. Like tonight is Wednesday night. I don't have any PT tonight. So I'm cooking a nice meal. So usually we have like our kind of slap jobs. You now we just, I call them food construction. So I've got, uh, I'll put like four potatoes in the slow, uh, the slow cooker. Um, and then they, I just put them on low. So you can leave them there pretty much all day. And then all I do is microwave some shredded beef. And then I get a can of corn, a can of black beans, some Greek yogurt and some cheese. And I, I think the only thing I put a knife to is a capsicum or a bell pepper. So mm. what time's that served? Yeah. 6.30, good? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like food construction at its best, yeah? yeah. It's just like, right, here, 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 done, you know? 
So I just think, yeah, it comes down to like time. It comes down to values around food. Um, I'm not, I'm certainly not defending you because I still want to hang shit on your meals. And um, I take absolute pleasure and entertainment in doing it. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, I've, like I, I've eaten like, you know, just tuna and baked beans and I've eaten like, you know, just, just egg whites on a plate, you know, like I've, I've done all of that stuff as well. It's just like, I'll do that if it services my goal um, or if I can't be fucked. Like, yeah, you know? I just, I feel like there's, there's a sliding scale of like the whole like food is fuel mentality. It's like, it's not, there are social implications around like me choosing to save calories and have that meal with Amy has implications on my relationship and I, I value that to be important. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't value what I eat for lunch to be important because it's just like food. It makes me stop work for a little bit, whatever. So, but I think just as food for fuel can have negative impacts on your outcome, only being able to eat amazing, delicious meals all the time mm-hmm. and not sometimes just viewing food as nourishment and being able to do that, I think like always those polar ends both are going to cause issues and being able to sway somewhere in the middle is probably going to give you the best result. Yeah. Yeah. I think like like most things, the truth lies somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I mean, like if you have the time, like, I don't know, like if you've got the time and all that and like you want, you're going to go the whole nine yards by all means. Um, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely predicated on the fact of like, what can you adhere to? Yeah, if you're struggling to achieve your outcome and, then, and you know, getting a meal that's, you know, making all your food is the reason because um, it's so complex or whatever, um, or you have to vary it too much because, yeah. um, you know, minimizing variability in some cases maximizes, you know, the effectiveness of your plan, Yeah, um, which I'm a big believer of, especially for people trying to get super lean. It's just like take the variables out that you can take out. Um, cause then it makes the decision making very easy. Yep. Um, so yeah, there's definitely situations where like you probably wouldn't want to have that ridiculous variability, but it's not to say it's wrong either. It's just, yeah, you knowing when to use it or, yeah. um, but then I know people who eat like 11 foods, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they're happy and they're happy. Yeah. And like, and they're not overweight or anything like that. Um, I, you know, they're not perceived to be unhealthy, but who knows? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's a very interesting thing to discuss. Yeah, I think the the thing we need to be aware of in that situation specifically is it's referred to as either decision fatigue or um, what the research is kind of suggesting at the moment is that discipline is a finite um, or willpower is a finite resource. So Mm. the more decisions you have to make on a daily basis, the less likely you are to make positive ones because you're just over it. And it's, it's like, if you find going to the gym difficult, that's a hard decision to make. If you struggle with what to wear to work every day, that's another tough decision you've got to make. And we make these thousands of decisions every day. If you can put some of those more, the more of those you can put on autopilot, typically 
tends to correlate with your ability to make positive decisions overall with the stuff that you do have to make a call on in the moment. So um, I wear the same fucking four training tops every time I train. I have two pairs of shorts that I wear all the time. I've just for that reasons, like I don't have to fucking think about that thing. Just do that. Um, so yeah, it, my breakfast, Amy actually said to me last week, she's like, you've been having that breakfast since we met. Don't you get sick of it? I'm like, well, I don't oh, have sorry. to think about it. I get up, I make that breakfast and I eat it and I have my coffee and I, there's no conscious thought that needs to go into that at all. Just eat it. Yeah, well, um, I guess it's that whole, um, I'm trying to uh, get the turn. Uh, oh, I can't find it. Anyway, it's, it's, that, it's like the, the sum of inputs over outputs. <laughs> so if the sum of inputs is too great, then the output is going to be less, you know? Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's about getting that, getting that right. Yeah, 100%. Awesome. All right, so next one. Um, this was actually from this morning, so it was good timing. Client um, got a little bit of a niggly back, basically just reached a point in their program where they're overtrained. Um, and this is that kind of like evolution from novice into intermediate phase where just ramping up RPE every single week for all lifts just isn't working anymore. Yeah. Um, we've got a lot of external stresses that are contributing as well. So, total volume probably needs to come down. Um, but the, the mindset is typically outcome focused. It's like, I have to be stronger than I was last week. And I have to be stronger than I was in the last program continuously. And it's like, that is going to be a real bumpy road because it's unfortunately, even, even if you're a full-time athlete and you dedicate your whole life to it, there's still going to be external factors that are going to influence that. Um, yeah, be it, expressing strength so like, like building and expressing is so different. Like we've spoken yeah. about this already. Like it's uh, like building its cognitive, like yeah. expressing it is not. Yeah. So there's just so many, and it's like expressing it. You go through a phase of like recovery, like dedicated mm. recovery, deloading. We're building it, you don't. So yeah. there's so much more fatigue. Yeah. So, so hard to draw comparisons between the two. So specifically what happened in this one was just like, did a really good deadlift, got sick, obviously trained like shit the next week. And then the second week in now, deadlift still don't want to move the way for a triple what she could move for a uh, five. Yeah. It's like, okay, one, we had that sickness. We also had some other stuff. Um, that we had to deal with outside of training and nutrition um, that has obviously in fact impacted your ability to recover and potentially why you got sick in the first place. So if we took a process mindset, it's like that an old back injury is starting to rear its head again. My deadlifts aren't moving the way that they should. I'm a little bit fatigued and overall just not feeling great. Cool. You're due for a deload doesn't matter that the program says it should be seven weeks and it's only week five or six. You need to deload right now. Yeah. Um, and then that, if you're process minded and you can, and it's like fucking easy to sit on a podcast and say, like, don't worry about it. Just be process focused. <laughs> but 
when when you because I know like what it's like to miss the lift, and I I'm still shitty when I drive home. Um, yeah. But to be able to flip that around process wise and go, okay, how long can we actually run these phases for? Or were we titrating too many exercises and really just needed to focus on those top big bang, big three exercises and just titrate those for volume and just keep your accessory stuff around the similar weight to focus on movement and all that type of stuff rather than ramping everything up because you can't handle that anymore. Like there's heaps of things that we can look at within the program specifically to make sure next time we don't burn out too early. And that makes you a better athlete because you've got better programming and you've just created a better environment for yourself long-term. And over time you're going to end up stronger. Um, So it just ties in really, really well to everything that we've talked about today. It's just like process, process focused and then reflection and be willing that, understand that you're deliberately looking for the flaws in the process so you can improve the process for the next block and that's going to be uncomfortable and particularly when you first start doing it, it's very uncomfortable but it'll become more natural over time and it'll exponentially give you greater returns yeah and there's more to the process than just weight on the bar as well especially on the day it's like practicing the movement alone at a sub max weight or and an RPE of nine, yeah, you know, is still valuable no matter what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've even had guys like, um, oh, we skipped the testing week because I didn't want to waste a week, and I was like, oh, fuck. So you just wasted three instead. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I, I, that's a message I've I've sent out pretty pretty well. Yeah, um, but I can see how people would uh, would do that. They're like, oh, I don't want to waste the week just going into the gym and seeing how strong I am for one set. So, but then that means the next week yeah. you get going straight away. Yeah, and it's not one set because you did ramping sets that you built yeah. the coordination in. So, yeah. like everyone knows when you go in and do your first week, you're fucking around trying to find weights, but also you technique shit. Mm-hmm. So if you can use that testing week to refine your tech, and by the time you hit your first set, you found coordination on that movement again. Yep. week one next week is way more efficient um, yeah. and you're probably like you're not going to go from a 50% warm up to your 5RM mm. you're probably going to be a few sets in between that are actually going to have positive outcomes either neurally at least neurally if not like metabolically as well yeah. um, so you're still actually going to get a return from that week plus the idea of having a week of deload is going to be beneficial for the adaptations you had in the previous program just like sometimes it's nice not to live in the gym all the time. Mm. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's just lots yeah. of things involved in it. And it's like, um, yeah, those first three weeks, it's like, oh, I put so much weight on my bench press. Like, they didn't. Yeah. You just didn't yeah. start. You just didn't start anywhere near where you should have. Yeah. Or like, you, you just improved your yeah. tech a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Which you could have done in your testing week. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the progress that people make at the start of the program is just from people, but just from skill acquisition or them not starting where they should. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other thing too, with this client, like moving to the new programming method, she was one of the ones that was like, Oh fuck, my accessories have not been where they should be. (laughs) Like, I just put 40 kilos on the leg press more than I normally do. Cause the, uh, um, the equation told me to It's like, yeah. (laughs) So it's like, that's going to change the outcome too. And, how much yeah. fatigue you're building, how quickly. So. That's what I like about that prescriptive 
semi-prescriptive method that we have now. Like it's not absolute, but it just can say it should be around here mathematically. Yeah. Mathematically, yeah. this is should be. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah, overshoot it. All right, cool, kill it back. But yeah. most of the people, especially like beginners to, in, to intermediates, yeah. um, it's like, oh, okay, time to step up. Yeah. And it does go the other way too. Like, I, and this is one of the questions um, is like, we, we had one of our team members who's speaking for the liftoff. It just overshot what she could do. And it could have been based off like putting in the previous week's RI could have been a bad week or an algorithm's just not going to be perfect hundred percent of the time. Um, yeah. And it's important to, again, with the process view, it's like I did all the process stuff correctly and I didn't quite hit that number at the end of the program. doesn't mean the whole program failed. Like I think she's like five kilos up on her, her top um, comp number from last time with a buttload of accumulated fatigue. Cause I've just like, revved the absolute shit out of them for seven weeks um it's like if you're hitting those now you're in a really fucking good spot and missing one squat isn't or one rep on a squat like it ain't changing that no not at all so again just like process outcome reflect adapt yep Uh, so i'm going to fire questions at you why do some people find it so hard to just get shit done and then others uh, than others with training and tracking um, and food and stuff. Uh, so I think the first, the first reason is it's probably not as important. Like, yeah, it's probably not that important. Like when you, when they actually look at all of the things that they do in their daily, daily practice, weekly practice, like, you know, professionally, socially, um, recreationally, there's other things that, just supersede the diligent kind of process of training and eating well. So, you know, going out and getting fucked up on the weekend, obviously, you know, supersedes the, you know, counting my food and, you know, watching my calorie intake for the week. And, um, you know, if I have to stay back at work, there goes my workout. Um, I'm not going to get up in the morning to go and get, go to the gym. Um, just in case the day gets away from me because I want to stay up and watch TV um, and wind down after work kind of thing. So I feel like a lot of the, a lot of it's that realization. It's like, well, you know, look, what it looks like for me. And that's what I say to my guys. Um, Cause I'm very honest. And I'm like, it just looks like you don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> or, and, or if you do, it's just really low on the totem pole. Like, you know, and I, I totally understand that there's things that are more important. I'm not 20 years old anymore mm. and I don't eat, sleep and train and live at home with mum. And, you know, if things go bad, mum can just look after me. <laughs> so I totally get it. It's like we've got work responsibilities. People have careers, which obviously involve going that extra mile. People want to get ahead. They have to do things, et cetera, promotions, whatnot. Travel. Um, they have family. They are way more important than getting shredded and whatever. But then again, it's like, well, what about being healthy for your family um, or being healthy and fit for your job? Um, so these are the things that the questions we need to ask is like, okay, so there, there's nothing wrong with those things being higher. There's nothing wrong with those things being more important. But then I just always go, well, what if, you know, being fitter, stronger, healthier, more confident in your own skin, like how would they affect your relationships with your family? 
how would they affect your ability to go to work yeah. and do your job? How would they affect these social outcome, the, these social settings that you get yourself into? And, you know, all these things like, you know, is, is there something there where we could just bump the importance of like tracking your food or even just making better choices with your food? Like not everyone has to track their food, um, but, it, you know, just better choices, getting to the gym, you know, even going in the morning instead of in the evening when chaos could just ensue over a day and next thing you know, someone looks at a clock and it's time to go home and it's too late. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just think like that. Um, other and than the, that, the other it. thing I would add there is identifying the cost of doing it. Yeah. So it's the one thing that individuals and coaches tend to overlook more than anything is actually having a conversation at what of what are the costs of the outcome and there might be something that you're not even conscious of that is going to come as a part of achieving that outcome um whether it's just like maybe you'll get more attention maybe people will notice maybe people will make comments maybe um maybe you're not actually sure that if you do it if you can do it so by not trying and sabotaging it you avoid trying and failing like there's what's what's actually there's probably something that's at the other end where the outcome is that happens as a consequence that you're uncomfortable with yeah yeah i agree it's like the, the there's like a little bit of fear of like not if we if we try we may not achieve and that kind of goes back to what we were saying, talking about earlier as well. So some people just, they want to kind of have a go, but they don't want to go all in because they go all in, they don't get what they want. It's like, yeah, that hurts. I, yeah, I poured my, everything into this. So that means that I'm not good at it and I'm never going to be good at it. Yeah. That fear of, fear of failure, you know, fear that like, you know, if I do feel this way now about myself and my body image, that if I have a go and have a try and I fail, I'm going to be like this forever. Yeah. Um, and that is not true at all, but that's how people think. That is a legitimate thing. There's this weird space that you can be, be fear, have fear of failure and fear of success at exactly the same time. Yeah. Incredible. That, that's like, um, it's going to be real hard. Like telling someone fucking eat your protein. That ain't solving that shit. Like it's actually, <laughs> have that conversation whether it's like you're a coach you need to be yeah. able to ask those questions and if you're not yeah. you need to have someone that you can or something that you can refer people to to allow them to self-reflect on it yeah um because it's like it's it's real powerful yeah i agree i think um the, like another reason why people don't get don't achieve their outcomes is they don't have quantifiable um goals quantifiable stepping points to that, that even just like indicate if that person's on their way or on track. Pass fail, um, right? Yeah. And then they, and they don't have, they may not have a forum where they can express their troubles, their feelings um, or anything like that. Um, in, maybe in fear or uh, maybe just because it's not available at all. Um, so there's no troubleshooting that can kind of happen as well. So I think like providing an environment like that or providing a system where your clients can um, track said metrics track um, or have a forum to ask questions uh, is quite important. And as a coach, 
always asking questions. Like the the um, the difference between like a specialist and uh, like just a general practitioner is is the ability to ask questions and not talk. Yeah, it's the difference yeah. between being a gym floor trainer, counting reps, or being a coach. Pretty much, it's like yeah. ask the questions and and like. I'm not saying like not don't be interested in like what happened on the weekend and what they get up to and shit, but it's like fulfill your fucking like your your obligations as as a coach first, and then ask them about the weekend or like ask them about the weekend to open up the session or whatever. Or, yeah, and then get get into the nuts and bolts of why you're there. Yeah, you know, if someone so wants to gossip and stuff, it's like yeah, cool, um, that's fine. Oh yeah, she's a bitch, whatever. <laughs> um, and it's like so, how are you tracking with your sessions this week? Are you getting them done? Yeah. No, are you having any problems with anything? You know, is there anything I can help you with right now that's troubling? Yeah. You know, I think uh, like we you can lose sight of that. Like mm-hmm. once you start kind of bantering on the gym floor and rah rah, you kind of build relationships and you kind of just like some people forget. I see it all the time. There's yeah. gossip. Um. So yeah, they're probably the biggest ones that I see. Other reasons why. And then uh, like the last one, and I've been, I've, I've experienced this. It's like you, the desire to want to do something, but just, you don't have the capacity. To do it. Mm. So yeah, it's just like, sometimes, you know, we talk about being willing and able is, is uh, uh, the perfect combination. And it's like, you know, honest to God, um, there are people out there that have good intentions and just can't fucking yeah. just can't keep up with the pace of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, for a very long time, I was, I was, like that so i know exactly what that feels like uh, which is a really valuable experience because i've got uh, clients like that now yeah and i'm like it's all good man i'm like just keep going like if you keep just chipping away one or two three sessions a week and like you know just being semi-okay with your food i'm like there will be a time when you will just hit the like you would start sprinting when right now you've been jogging and i'm like and the only way that's gonna happen is if you keep going yeah, the, yeah, the analogy I use there is like sometimes maintenance is progress. Yeah, that's it's like it. if you if you've got everything else outside of the gym dialed up to ten, and you can keep those results that you've already got, and keep training and keep those habits. Don't worry about necessarily the metrics and getting an outcome week on week or month on month. Just maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. When that dial turns from ten down to five, you're already set and in a position like we've talked about with comp preps and stuff to have things like on autopilot, you've still got that foundation. And then it's just like, fucking just put your foot on the gas and let's go. And then if you look at things from a 12 month point of view, not a 12 second point of view, it's like, ah, oh, you still made progress over that 12 months. If yeah. you had have just gone, fuck it, it's too hard. I'm not getting results right now. You would have gone backwards over 12 months. Yeah. So in that moment, maintenance is progress. Agreed. All right. Um, trusting the process is challenging when things aren't going your the way you want them to. I think that just comes back to we've kind of touched on it enough today. Just like follow the process and then review it. And if you're reviewing it and making improvements, eventually it's going to go the way you want it to. Yeah, I think you got to voice the got to voice what the process is though, mm-hmm. and what's involved in it. And you know the 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 highs and the lows. Like I've I had a client, um, a big boy, big boy. You know, I'm talking like 136 kilos. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know we went through a dedicated like we kind of just turned the wheels. I'm like, look, man, fucking deadlines get shit done. So let's just set a fucking deadline. 
Um, so it's 12 weeks, you know, and the first four weeks, you know, but they made all these changes, but it's just these super fluctuations and stuff in weight. And um, like we use measurements and all that, but I was just saying to him, like, if you keep following this plan and you keep training, like, tell me another way that, that, that we get the outcome you want. Tell me another way. Because everyone's going to tell you to stick to a diet that's very similar to this one mm-hmm. and follow a training plan that's similar to this one and do a cardio plan that's similar to this one because this person needed it. Yeah. Um, but then I, what I was saying was like, you know, it's trending over time that we're concerned about. And I'm like, usually it takes about two to four weeks for people to get into the daily habits, rituals, get the food right, et cetera. Cause I'm like, you're probably just making mistakes and you don't realize it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and your body's just got to work shit out sometimes. Like the heavier you are, the more fluctuations in weight because you have that percentage and the percentage of your body weight, you've got lots of body weight, those percentages are higher. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden it was just like whack. So if I could, I've got his data to trend and it's like we're week 12 now, I think it's like 11 or 12 kilos down. Oh, that's bad of good weight loss because like weights weights every day yep. well not every day but you know what i mean weights five days a week high protein diet like i know that this is weight that's staying off kind of thing mm-hmm. um so yeah i think that you need to like trusting saying trust the process is one thing but then so knowing what the process is knowing what's happened in the past having some experience being able to communicate to your client and then sometimes like just fucking calling them out too it's like look you know i've told my clients i'm like look we really should start to see some movement now. Every yeah. time I have that conversation, every time I say that sentence, the following week, something fucking happens. Yeah. And it's not an accident. Yeah. Most people know they're not doing the right thing. When you've got a plan that's meticulous as the plans that we provide, yeah. if you're not following them, you usually know, like you really do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's probably the best way to answer that. Um, that's all the ones I got. I know you got some as well um, that we haven't covered off. Why don't you answer Mel's one? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I did. No, no, I, no. I, I answered what she was talking about. The funny one. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so you're, uh, are we talking about just ones that are related to mindset? Cause I've got like two that are just, yeah, just mindset today. Cause we've yeah, already cool. ran a long time. Yeah, I was going to say, this one's a huge question. Um, so the one that's like probably the most reflective, uh, relevant, sorry, to today is like um, just using goal setting for life goals also and explain how you can tie them into um, the gym and the nutrition. So I guess like, um, yeah, you go, because I asked yeah. the question, so I'll ask it to you. Okay. So an analogy that I was given recently was along the lines of like, Um, and I feel this is true for most people have a lot of energy to direct in certain areas. So we see a lot like people that put energy into things that were of negative health consequences. And then we talk about like replacing addictions and going into like, um, training or whatever it is and like directing your energy there. So if you are, able to direct the energy you have into positive outcomes that avoids things like that energy then becoming stuck 
we're not directed anywhere is what creates anxiety and all that type of stuff. So I think just being able to harness that energy and focus it into your training um, is really important. So from a goal setting standpoint, like I would be treating that exactly the same way. So if you're able to have really clear and concise goals that allows you to then quantify, you take that energy and go, I'm directing it at that thing. Yeah. And then we go take a couple of steps back and go, okay, cool. Here's the reverse engineer it. Here's the process. And I'm going to review that process every three to six weeks or three to six months and make sure that I'm on the way to that end goal that I have set for myself. Nailed it. Boom. Just enough caffeine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's uh, the other questions. Are, we might save them for next week or something. So yeah, more sweet. about warming up for specific movements. Stuff. Yep. Yeah. And like talking about, yeah, like calories and nutrition stuff. So. Yeah. So this episode was like yeah. way off where we've been. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a refreshing conversation because like you kind of don't realize like how much you know about this stuff or just how much you can, sorry, not know, but uh, how much you value you can share in this realm based off your experience and a couple other things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a cool chat to have. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. So at STC fit learning, STC fit underscore learning, sorry. Share straight from Spotify, um, screenshot from iTunes tag at STC fit underscore learning at Ben Scott SC at Jason Glea underscore PC. Um, Sydney tickets are still available 17th of November in Potts Point. Also available online if you want to get into the nutritional programming modules. Um, You can get those online through the Academy. Academy spots are still available at the moment. Um, We're probably looking at potentially not running those four-week trials as of uh, the end of the year. So Mm -hmm. if you are interested in that, probably need to action that very soon given the time of year that's coming up um online coaching is obviously available through at stc fit um, and jason and myself as well so yeah any feedback on the episode would be greatly appreciated we've obviously kind of diverged a little bit to what the technical shit that we normally talk about um a lot more anecdotal and stuff today but it's not necessarily our specialty realm but i feel we've had We've had enough life experience, yeah, to compile all of that together. That's good. Awesome. All right. Uh, Thank you, everybody. And if you haven't already, um, the 20K download photos have gone up on Instagram. Um, Those alone are worth going to have a look at. The most uncomfortable moments that Jason and I have probably ever shared. It was a very interesting 10 minutes. And I've put Jason, I've put Tan on some interested places, places on Jason's body. (laughs) Um, And yes, this was definitely more awkward. Took the relationship to a new level. (laughs) All right. See you guys. On that note, see you later.